Welcome to episode 33, you've made it this far, of ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. And finally, Chris, Volcano Bay is open. We can all take a breath, and we've actually had the official announcements. I feel like now we are finally in the season. We are definitely in the season. Now that volcano is finally erupted, we can finally talk about Halloween Horror Nights again. Yes, absolutely. And uh, what, how do you think, uh, just, just offhandedly, I think we may have discussed this a little bit before, but do you think that's going to play into Horror Nights, or maybe into crowds at all? Because I know they've talked about um, it being open during the evening. Yeah, I'm told um, from one of my PR contacts at Universal that it's, it's supposed to be open until 10 in the evening. Yeah. So in theory, uh, I mean, especially when when Hell Week comes along and all the schools are off, I mean, it might it might reduce numbers at Halloween. Right. I don't know. So I, you know, unknown. We can only hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of me likes the idea of them one year being like, let's do it at a water park. Let's do Horror Nights at a water park and see what happens. I know that's never going to happen. Or like, make it like a third gate option of like, go down there. We've themed it out, and it's what the icon takes over the water park. Like that sounds awesome. Yeah, well, we we it was like we were spitballing on HHNU this week um, about what would happen if Halloween Horror Nights moved to Volcano Bay. It never will. No, it can't. Physically can't. There's not enough room. No, 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 exactly. So, but we just wanted to talk about Volcano Bay because literally HHN unofficial was the only website not talking about Volcano right. Bay. So, <laughs> that and Avatar are what's taken over the world of theme park industries. Even today, when we're recording this, I saw that both of them were holding their media events at the same time. So, you to pick, you know, what were you going to go to? Do you want to go see James Cameron or if you want to go to Volcano Bay? Uh, no. So, it's pretty, pretty funny to see that. But for us, we don't care about that. Pandorans, no. we are at Navi. Ain't no Navi's yeah. going to be happening over there, and we don't care. I mean, we care about that volcano, but mainly just because it, it adds to the ambiance. But really what we're going to talk about is Halloween Horror Nights. And, of course, as we suspected last week, The Shining yep. was announced. We finally, after six dry weeks of nothing, got an announcement, and it was the announcement that we pretty much all knew it was coming. I've been telling people it's been coming since January, but finally Universal – Fell on this sword and said, you know what? The Shining is definitely coming. Yeah, absolutely. Now, from what we've seen in the press releases, I know some people have said, like, the Stephen King thing was a huge hurdle. Has there been any information of what that process was or if he's involved in any way? Or is this strictly the movie and they're dealing with the movie properties? <sighs> Nothing official. I've yeah. heard rumors that there was a few bits and pieces that may have delayed the announcement because they had to run it past him. I've heard nothing official whatsoever. As far as I'm being told is that The Shining, based on the movie, is a Warner Brothers property. Yeah, and that Universal, exactly, Universal can, have been working tirelessly with Warner Brothers pretty much since the whole Harry Potter thing. And it was just part of that ongoing conversation that they're having and that Mr. King is nothing to do with this house. Now – Looking at – this is just sort of an, a 30,000-foot a view of it. Looking at the announcement video for it, I'm going to pull it up right now. We obviously some see some iconic imagery from it. Yep. But, but what we don't see is other than the twins, we don't really see any of the other actors portrayed. No, and that so, is slightly worrying. Yeah. Is this a, a – and, and my thought process would go to, yes, is this a situation like The Walking Dead where we are not going to see the official characters and we're going to see the twins maybe and maybe that's it? Like are we supposed to be the lead roles walking through this? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, yeah. I that's my concern that – hopefully I'm wrong, but we saw the opposite with The Exorcist. We saw – 
you know, Linda Blair was all over the promotion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if they're using actors' likenesses, they have to get approval for these things. Um, I mean, all all of those actors, well, not all of them, but some of the main ones in The Shining are still alive. So, that, I mean, I assume you could get approval for it. Um, whether they have or not, I have no idea. I hope they have because I really don't want another Walking Dead situation where we've just got loads and loads of walkers and no actual characters to move the story along. Yeah, like we need the Here's Johnny moment. Like, yeah, we if do. you don't have that, is it really The Shining? I mean, that's the question. And can you? I guess you could do that with just a faceless, nameless person, but it won't be near as powerful. Um, but, you know, I, again, I'm not, I don't want to bash this thing before it opens, but that was just something that jumped out at me watching that promo video was yeah the leads aren't in this there's no Shelley Duvall there's no Jack um yeah the thing is we last year we reached out to um uh sorry you said her name on Exorcist um Linda Blair Linda Blair sorry uh but we we reached out to her and you could tell obviously from the conversations that we've had that she'd been involved with the process we you know it's no you know we can tell people on here we've reached out to Jack Nicholson you know come on scare zone he declined but um, so, <laughs> as expected. <laughs> exactly. You know, come but you, and talk but you, about, but you never know. Random things have happened for us. So uh, you, you never, you never know. You know, don't talk about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or all the other Oscar-winning films that you've done. Let's talk about The Shining. Right. Um, but so we don't know. We don't know. We we've asked the question. We don't know. We won't know probably until we were there walking through there. it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're not. I I do think this indication we're not going to see them in advertising campaigns. It could be that. I mean, that has been known in the past that the actual actors that are in the things are not in the marketing, but they are in the houses. That's yeah, not- I could see that because you can maybe get away with it a little bit more, but not putting you know Jack out there doing his thing as one of the faces of this. But you really couldn't do that for The Exorcist because it's so much based around that character. But uh, man, it's it's an interesting time, and we've like I said, we've reached out to a bunch of the people who worked on the film, and I'm sure we will have uh, some of them on in the future. Well, the, the one thing we, we do know, and I think it was John Murdy who said this on Twitter, that it has taken 10 years of negotiations to get The Shining at Halloween Horror Nights. That's just so, crazy. You know, I mean, we go back to J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter where she wanted to sign off on, you know, the color of the stalls in the toilets, you know, this sort of thing. There, there are people that hold these IPs dearly, as they should do, and want to make sure it's done correctly, and, and it takes a very long time to get approval. So, you know, it, it's not uncommon uh, for these things to to be a long yeah. drawn out dialogue, but no. then they do in the end become fantastic houses. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm personally just first experience in negotiations to purchase the film rights to a book, a book that is not popular, a book that is, has maybe two reviews on Amazon. But I love the story. I want to tell it as a feature film, and it is a slog, and it is something that is. And this is dealing with not a. This is not dealing with Stephen King. This is not dealing with Universal or Warner Brothers. This is dealing with an independent publication of someone who's been dead, by the way, for not since the si- no, it's not uh, since the '60s. But it feels that way. Like you get almost like these insulting messages from people of like, "How dare you think you can do this? What gives you any?" Right? It's like what? Like you you almost have to like have really thick skin for it. So the fact that they were able to last ten years also tells me that they think this is a big enough deal for marketing. That The Shining is a big enough deal to get a lot of attention. And yeah, I saw, I don't feel like I saw as much mass media pickup as when they got The Exorcist, but no. it still got pretty good coverage. 
I mean, to me as well, I mean, you and I are film buffs. I mean, The Shining is such a fantastic film, let alone a fantastic horror film. Right. How many of those has Universal actually grabbed for Halloween Horror Nights? There aren't that many horror films that are... Classic classics that, yeah. Yeah. That go beyond the horror, 80s horror vein. You know, we've seen Freddy and Jason a million times, but to see these... um, like you said, ones that we are forced to watch even in film school because of their, they're just terrific movies beyond the horror genre. You can say that about The Exorcist. You can say that about about The Shining. You could say that about a lot of different movies that we haven't seen. So, yeah, I think it is a huge deal, and I'm uh, I'm thrilled. And now I'm thrilled to hear what's next, and hopefully, you know, we're – I mean, we found out about Chance in June, I believe. So with, hopefully we are pretty close to even getting uh, – if there is an icon – and. Chris may know, man. We may know. Uh, you know. Hopefully, we'll hear about it sooner than later as the Volcano Bay buzz um, and media rush quiets down. Well, I'm hoping that if we've had six long weeks of nothing, I'm hoping that perhaps for June we get, uh, you know, maybe an announcement per week. You know, yeah. wishful thinking, maybe. Yeah, I think so. But I think it would be awesome. I think we'd we'd all. You'll be thrilled about it. Now, have we had it 100% confirmed? I think that's the question. Someone asked this, and I, and it was just my assumption. This is happening at at Universal Studios Florida this year. Confirmed, right? Confirmed in Florida and Hollywood. But this is happening at, at USF. Not There's no Islands of Adventure connection. All those rumors that come up every year. This is happening ah, in, the, well, in the original park. Te- technically, Universal haven't confirmed or denied it, but... There is nothing in the terms and conditions that would say to me that it's being held in Islands of Adventure. Also, I mean, when it has been held in Islands of Adventure, um, the out the park hours, for example, are published months in advance for people doing their trip planning. Yeah. So at the moment, Islands of Adventure is showing that it shuts at its usual time. It's not, you know, it's not shutting early to early. make way for Halloween Horror Nights. Okay, well, that makes that. There's the answer there. But someone asked that, and I thought, well, yeah, my assumption is just always that it's going to be Universal Studios Florida, but you never know. When you see the amount of crowds that showed up last year, it wouldn't be surprising to me at all if they need to move into a place that has a uh, have larger pathways. I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah. Like, I I think it's an inevitability in the future. Yeah, it's, it's really – I mean, the one night we went together, I mean, I've never seen it like that in my life. And to the point of where it was so uncomfortable – even with a VIP tour guide to just go place to place, there's oftentimes they took us backstage just so mm. to save time. So we'll yeah. see, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, before we get to you, you had a special interview. I'm sorry, the office here has been crazy, and I wasn't able to do this interview. Um, but before we get to that, I did want to touch on something that we're doing that's kind of fun and kind of cool. So as a joke, and it was a joke I put out on Twitter. Uh, that we should do a Mike Aiello appreciation night. And the first joke was that everyone should wear vests, like his signature vest, uh, and go out to the parks. A white shirt and a vest and go out. And we'll all paint a Leo Club on the back of the shirt, which is sort of a wrestling reference to, if you've seen, the Bullet Club or the Balor Club. And I, uh, I had a shirt mocked up, again, as a joke, because people started tweeting about it. He started tweeting about it as a joke. And it got some steam. And it got so much steam that like I, I talked to Mike, and I'm like, dude, I know you probably... Don't love this idea, but uh, you know maybe there's something we can do. He has had some some family stuff, obviously, and he has a deep connection to the American Cancer Society. And we thought, what if we come together, Scare Zone and Micaello, and get money to the American Cancer Society by selling these Aleo Club shirts? And if you've seen them, I have the only one right now because I had to get a test print of them just to see how they look printed. They're hilarious. 
Uh, they are awesome. It is Mike's face outlined with two puppet mastery hands. It says LAO Club. And again, proceeds from that, again, net proceeds, obviously, uh, will be going. We'll be, after it's all over, we'll take in the money. We'll make a donation uh, in uh, the LAO Club name to the American <laughs> Cancer Society. And um, it's something that's just fun you can do now. We're only going to do it for two weeks. So pretty much now until you hear a new episode, you'll be able to get this shirt. And we'll see how we'll do. If you want them, I'd say that this is, again, this is the only time this, again, this is the only time you're going to be able to, to get them. Uh, so if you want to wear them out in the parks, they're pretty awesome. Uh, we're doing it through Represent as usual. And we want to thank you guys all who would be interested in participating. Again, this isn't any sort of revenue generator for me or for Chris or for Mike. Uh, this is all going to charity, and we're happy to support uh, what we can and get the LAO Club brand out there. <laughs> I think I think we need to do it. I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna wear my shirt to Horror Nights for sure. But you know, maybe we need a vest day. <laughs> so so this is gonna be the unofficial AO fan club. Yes, exactly. You're part of the LAO Club, and. Uh, it's I don't know, man. It's just funny. It's just a, it was again. It was a joke that kind of spun out of control. Thanks to you guys who listen to this show and love what we do, and uh, because so many people wanted them, we decided it's worth trying to make it work and make it work for a good cause. So thanks to Mike for being good sport about it uh, and really um, coming up with a unique way to do it. So let's do it. They're available on ScareZone.com. Just click shop, and I'll put a post about them, uh, or you can find them. We'll post them through all our social media. And it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. And you can find all of our shirts there. You'll be able to find everything else that we are offering as well. If you want to pick up a shirt uh, coming up for this year's Horror Nights or just to wear around town. Hey, one guy was wearing one of our shirts, Chris. I have a movie called Welcome Home, Dick Van Dyke. And a guy was wearing our shirt at a screening, wow. a screening this weekend. So thanks wow. to Rick. Who was wearing uh, the, do you know, yeah. I love getting the tweets of these things with the people wearing our stuff or reading the books and stuff. I just, it just makes my day. Yeah, it makes it feel like we're, we're not talking to just ourselves. <laughs> Well, this is it. Did you see the one the girl sent me? Uh, I can't remember her name now. I apologize. But she, she took my Psychos book uh, and she got it signed by the whole cast of Bates Motel. Oh, that's awesome. No, I didn't see that. That's rad. Ah, uh, that was absolutely you, you be like, awesome. Can you, can you send it to me? Uh, but uh, <laughs> that is really, that's a really cool idea. That's a great idea as you're meeting, especially some, some also some Horror Nights celebrities. Pick up your uh, copy of uh, Chris's new book. Now, the new one, I saw the cover art. It's coming soon, right? Yeah, it's coming soon. I'm hoping for a June release. We're just going through the last bits and pieces nice. now, but hopefully, yeah, not very long now. Okay, well, now, as we've done plugging stuff, but trust me, we'll have more to plug at the end. But again, there's a Leo Club shirts are available on our website. Um, tell us about this guest that we have coming on. So, um, I sat down with our roving reporter, uh, Amanda, aka Boston White. And if I say to you, Mr. Logan, Amityville Horror, Yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Purge. One man has been behind all of these reboots. That man would be Bradley Fuller, or Brad Fuller, as yes. uh, he likes to be known. And he has been a HHN superfan. He went year one uh, in Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood. And he's a huge fan of the event. He's worked on the event. Obviously, he's a big Hollywood producer as well, and he just loves Halloween Horror Nights. So we, we thought we'd sat, sit down and, and have a chat. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear it myself and hear what his involvement is. Again, guys, I haven't heard this yet, so let's let's take a listen. Here is your good friend now, Brad Fuller on Scare Zone. Hello, 
Brad, I was just looking at IMDb, and your CV, sir, is incredibly impressive. I mean, in terms of this century's most iconic horrors, uh, it is you, sir, that have brought those uh, to the wide, to the masses. Um, how does that feel? Um, you know, each it's kind of interesting because it's like each one is a little bit of a, of a chapter, and all the chapters were kind of, you know, they were challenging to make. So, you know, when I think about those movies, a lot of times I'm thinking about, you know, you know, the challenges we had making the films or the great times that we had. But collectively, I kind of never look at it that way. I just kind of, you know, like I'm, we're, you know, we're always trying to move forward and come up with other things. But, uh, you know, what's nice is that when we go to like a convention and the fans really do appreciate some of the things we do, that um, that becomes very, very rewarding. Oh, yeah. I mean, our, our fans, uh, I mean, we, we catered to fans of Halloween Horror Nights, but they're all big horror buffs. And, and some of the, the, the movies that you have produced, um, you know, no doubt they are on a lot of people's, you know, top 10 greatest horror films of all time. Um, so, I mean... Go, That's nice of you to say. Thank you. No, no. Thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing it. Um, l- looking over, uh, in particular, I mean, some of the ones that stand out, uh, you know, the revised Friday the 13th franchise, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. How, how do you approach uh, sort of rebooting and revising some of these sort of iconic films? Well, I think it was different for each of those. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first movie that that we made um, when we started the company. Um, and at that point, horror, that was we, we started making that movie in 2002. And at that point, it felt like horror had, was kind of gutted. It, there, there seemed to be a lot of PG horror in the marketplace. And there wasn't a lot of visceral horror. And I remember when we decided to start the company, Michael... Bay and my other partner, Andrew Foreman, myself, you know, Bay looked at us and he said, if we're going to do Texas Chainsaw, we're going to do this the right way. And we're going to, we're going to go for it and we're not going to hold back. And it, it was, it was the absolute right decision at the time. It was a little bit scary because, you know, you, I never knew if the audiences would accept it. I mean, when I, you look back at that movie, it is, I mean, it is brutal, that movie. And, uh, <laughs> And I, I don't even know if that movie would get, you know, an R rating here in the States um, if we submitted it right now because it was so brutal. But we, we went for it, and um, it was certainly a challenging shoot because it was our first movie that we were working with with Michael. And Michael certainly has very high standards, and, and we learned, you know, the, how to deal with those standards and how to uphold them while we were making the film. And it was Marcus Nispel's first film, and... You know, a bunch of our actors were all a bunch of kids who were at the early parts of their career, and it kind of felt like we were all going off on this mission. And uh, luckily, you know, I, I can't tell you when we were making that movie that I knew that it would turn out as well as it did. I, I felt like every day was just this struggle, and and I knew that some of the stuff looked good, but I didn't know if it would play collectively the way it did. And and when we finally saw it, I was I was elated because I just thought that we kind of the tone of that film that Marcus got was perfect and and I think that he did such a magnificent job which is why we had him back to do Friday the 13th for us oh wow see that that was uh, sort of leading me on to my next question um that was one of the properties that you helped uh, bring about to Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood um, yes and Reading some of the press releases, I mean, this just might be PR people talking, but it did say that you were a fan of Halloween Horror Nights before you worked with the people at Halloween Horror Nights. So, 
Is that true? Or? Oh, that's absolutely. I mean, I, I loved, you know, when Halloween Horror Nights started, you know, it, it felt like such a cool thing that horror was getting its due in, in a different kind of entertainment arena. And, uh, and I, I think I was going since it started and uh and my kids i have two sons and they're 23 and 20 so you know my boys always wanted to go and so you know when they wanted to do mazes based on our movies i I was so excited just to be a part of that because we we hear that a lot you know sort of it being a family thing not just you know uh you know just just like single people going to the event but um so how did that how did that all come about where did the discussion come from well, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's, it feels kind of like when they choose a pope. You know, they, 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 the powers that be at Halloween Horror Nights decide what's going to be a maze. And then, um, they, you know, if we make the cut, they, they call us. And I, I think there was one year when we might have had... I know we had one year where there was Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, which was unbelievable just to take my family to that and see you know, those mazes. And then, you know, they, they have done the purge, not necessarily as a maze, but they've done the purge really well, you know, too. And, um, it just, it's just a different experience with the same, um, intellectual property. Do you know what I'm saying? It it just feels more visceral. I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm so scared when I go in those mazes, I just put my head on my wife's shoulder and let her walk me through because it's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Not kidding you either. Sorry. How much input do you have then? So when the when Halloween Horror Nights want to bring this IP to their event, how much input do you, as a producer of these films, have? In the well, it, you know, it depends. It depends on on the various properties. Um, on I remember on Friday the Thirteenth, that one in particular. The, you know, they had us down there a couple times when they were building it and showing it to us and asking us if we had ideas. So, you know, on that one, I, I think we were much more involved. Um, on, you know, Purge is a universal property, and so they they are well acquainted with it, and um, they've exploited the Purge, you know, for a long time, and they know exactly what that is, so they don't necessarily need any input because they understand it as well as we do. So it just it just depends on the property, and um, but they're always very they being Halloween Horror Nights, they're always very nice to us and reach out to us and invite us on opening night, and if they you know, and as as you've said, if they want any help from us. We love to go there while they're building the mazes because that's, in some ways, the coolest thing to see. That's amazing. That that would be so much fun to do. Yeah, for sure. So, the um, in terms of the the uh, construction process, do do they uh, present you with like the blueprints and you get to sign those off and you come up with sort of ideas for different scares or uh, is there that much involvement or they kind of present everything and say, hey, what do you think of this? It's more the latter. Um, I couldn't read a blueprint if they put it in front of me anyway. So, um, but in, you know, they'll run us through it when it's you know seventy five percent of the way through, and you know, and I mean, I I don't think that I know anything more than those people. They've been doing it for a really long time, and they've been doing it extremely well, and it, you know, and it gets bigger and bigger every year. So they know what they're doing. Um, you know, if they have, you know, if they want our input, we're always happy to offer it. But for the most part, they don't need it. They, they, they're doing it well. Mm, for sure. That's so good. Personally, I've been waiting for an Amityville house. But is there any of your films that you've worked on that you'd absolutely love to see realized as a Halloween Horror Nights maze? 
that they haven't done yet? Yeah. Um, I think there could be, I don't know if it's a maze, but I definitely think that um, there should be some type of, we- like like a seance with a Ouija board. I think that would work very well. And so, um, uh, you know, I, uh, particularly our second Ouija movie, which was a period, you know, which was 1965. I think that would be an amazing thing for people to walk around and kind of watch a seance go bad. That would be so cool. I say a seance, or I say a seance but I guess it's a Ouija board guided seance well we, we know john murdy from universal listens so john if you're listening get on it <laughs> get on it john call me i have the ouija board in my office oh wow what yeah. was it like then when so when they had things like the purge and the purge took over the whole of the of the um hollywood park pretty much last year what was it like going in there and seeing things that you'd worked on in a like being realized in a totally different way. Well, you know, it's the purge in particular. It's something that when we started it, I don't think that I, I know that Blum and my partner Drew and I never had any expectation um, that it would grow to be what it is. I think we felt like um, conceptually James DeMonico came up with a brilliant concept, but it, you know, it's, it, it's a fairly violent concept and, you know, I felt, you know, like you get to watch one part night and that's the end of it. Um, so the the fact that it keeps on growing um, is, is very gratifying. And so then when they, you know, when they just have people chasing you with the, the masks that James chose, um, it's really scary. But, you know, that, uh, it, it's that's those movies, the Purge movies are scary movies to make in the first place because the imagery that, that James comes up with is, uh, I think it's, it's very unsettling. And so the, the, you know, Halloween Horror Nights kind of takes that imagery and, you know, it's, I guess it's the 4D version of the movie. So it, it feels even scarier when someone's running at you with a huge pig mask on and a chainsaw. I mean, it's kind of, it's horrifying. Oh, definitely. I mean, when we did, uh, Hollywood last year, my, uh, partner, that was the one, the purge that absolutely scared her chronic, even more than like Leatherface and, you know, the others. Yeah, I just—I'm not kidding you. I just close my eyes and put my head on my wife's shoulder and just say, "Get me through this," because it is—it's really scary. Oh dear, that's not an uncommon thing that we've heard. That's for sure. Yeah. Have you ever done uh, Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando? I have not. I would love to. I just—it seems like I'm always here in LA at that time of year. Okay. I suppose that's usually when the summer's over. Everyone goes back to work, and it's sort of production. Exactly, and and that's usually when we do have something shooting, so that's why I've never done that. So what are you working on at the moment? Is there anything sort of in the horror genre coming out that we can look forward to? Yes, we uh, a couple things in the horror genre. We, uh, we're gearing up right now to do Purge 4. We're, uh, we're looking for a director on that. Um, we are starting to work on the Purge television series. Wow. Um, and then, and then we're, the, and those projects are for Universal and Comcast. Um, and we're making a, I wouldn't call it a horror movie, I'd call it more of a straight ahead thriller uh, with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt called A Quiet Place for Paramount. Wow, interesting. Um, that, that's, I mean, the Purge TV show, I mean, that sounds great. I mean, that's, you know, sounds perfect. I, so we're in the early days now, so I, I haven't read a script, but um, the ideas that are coming out of the writers' room are, are really interesting, and it, it presents a different 
part of the purge, which I, I, I think and hope that the audience will find very interesting. Great. Thanking you. Um, brilliant. Thank you, Brad. That has been fantastic. Thank you for coming on ScareZone. Um, My it's pleasure. been wonderful. We have, have you any more questions, Amanda? Or are we all done? No, I think you've answered everything. Yeah, no, Brad, thank you very much. And we definitely look forward to the new films you've got coming out. And if you're ever in Florida, come down to Orlando. We will hit you up this fall. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, well, thank you, Chris. That was uh, delightful. Well, what can I say? A, an exclusive for Scare Zone. They're making a Purge TV show. Yes. That's awesome. Was that real? Did that really happen in the interview? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, guys. I haven't heard this yet because <laughs> he just did it. Just sent me the file. So there's a Purge TV show happening? There is a here. Well, whether it's an exclusive for Scare Zone, I don't know. But he announced it on the interview that there is definitely a TV show based on the Purge. He's working with Universal and it will be released on NBC whenever he's got it done. Yeah, I mean, I there is very few. I'm looking at this. There's a few little reports that this is happening. Uh, a lot of them are months old. So that's awesome to hear that. That's I'm excited, man. I'm not even someone who's really watched all the movies, but I think that'd be a more fun idea, even for a TV show. I dig it. Yeah, and he's looking for a director as well. So if you're looking so, for another project, yeah, he can give me he can give me a call. I mean, <laughs> like I'm around. I don't have too much going on. I mean, I I'm I'm currently touring my 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 short film, and I'm working on my next one. Um, but yeah, right now it's pretty quiet around here. So come on, Brad, give me a call. I should have been on that interview. I could have had a job, but <laughs> sadly, my other job is what kept me from doing that. Uh, speaking of which, if you guys are, I know some of you guys are on the West coast and are going to San Diego comic-con, I can happily announce that my film, welcome home, Dick Van Dyke that I directed. It's a short film, about 25 minutes long is going to be screening at San Diego Comic-Con International Independent Film Festival. So if you're going to Comic-Con, wow. come see us. It's a big deal. We're really thrilled. Of all the stuff that's happened uh, with this project, um, the geeks and all of us are more than thrilled. The fact that, honestly, I think we're all just as thrilled that we're getting free Comic-Con passes, or even just passes that we're able to get them, <laughs> than, uh, than the fact they're showing our movie. They're like, yeah, they're showing a movie, but we get to go to Comic-Con. Uh, so, uh, let me know if you're coming and come out and see it. I can't say when it's going to be yet. It's on. I know it's on Saturday. Uh, but that's all I know, and I'm not allowed to share even if I didn't know. But the announce- the schedule will be announced a couple weeks before, and we'll we'll surely share it. But I hope to see you guys out. Wear your scare zone gear. Come say hey, and I uh, can't wait to uh, head out to San Diego to show it there. We are working on an Orlando screening, so maybe that'll happen. If not, we're working on our next film as well. Uh, and Chris, you got your books going on. We already promoted those. Um, they're always available on Amazon and always available on our website. And uh, HH on, and unofficial has I have to say like I'm a reader I'm a reader but it's had an Thank uptick you. recently where a lot of stuff is happening. Yeah, we, we our figures recently have really what's the term hockey sticked is that the phrase? I'll where say sure. Just, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what the term is, but they've increased dramatically. I mean, we are getting so much. I, I actually put Halloween Horror Nights into Google earlier when I was preparing for Brad. And uh, we were on the first page. So, you know, That's we're awesome. getting up there. That is mm. that is awesome and good for you guys there. Mm. And, uh, man, we're, we're not too far away. And I can't wait to share more information as it comes out. And we got some really cool guests. I know Brad's awesome. And we have some great, um, more Horror Night-specific guests, I guess, that will be coming on here soon. We're working on that over the next um, over the next few weeks. So you never know. Pretty soon we'll get in the season, Chris, or we need to sit down every week. That's how exciting it's going to be. I know. I cannot wait. Me either, man. I I need it. We all need it. It's going to be a good time. Um, Last but not least, 
the pod crews, we have a few rooms left. The deadline passed to get in your initial deposit. But we've actually, because of how many people rushed at the end, um, we were able to save a few more rooms. So we got a, a few more rooms that are left. Now, Norwegian can pull those back at any time. So really, if you want to book and you want to make sure you get in with our group, uh, make sure you do it through our website exclusively, plot, pod, plot, podcruise.com. And again, those Aleo Club shirts are available on uh, on the website, on scarezone.com. The ILO shirts, you can get them there. It's the only place you can get them. And proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. And uh, again, thank you guys. Now, the way it now works, I'll be honest with you, just so you guys know before we wrap this up, is just the way we have to do it because we're not directly affiliated. What will happen is the funds will come into us, so it's not like a tax-deductible thing for you guys. You do have to buy the shirts. And then I will take the total and make the donation. So uh, that's how that's going to happen. Just want to be totally transparent with all of you guys. And we really appreciate it. I think the only problem that you've got with those T-shirts is you're going to have to do one for John Murdy now because he will be sorely disappointed. Oh, we need to come up with a good number. I don't know if Murdy – see, what's good is that Mike's a wrestling fan. So we need to come up with something now that's Murdy-themed. So we'll work on yeah. it. We'll work on it. Murdy, we'll work on it. Yeah, you tell me. You tell me, you Hollywood boy. All right. Uh, I haven't been out there. Y'all made me jealous. Maybe this year. Probably not. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, how many houses do you think share this year? If you'd, you'd over and under, if you had to guess, how many houses do you think share the same, at least brand, with Hollywood this year? I've heard four. Four? So yeah. Four, so if we're getting four out of nine, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So just sort of, because we know the Shinings at both. Is Horror Story at both? Uh, I believe it is, yeah. I think so. So we got two of those already known. So let's just see. Well, that makes me excited. Maybe then we're getting, is there, I mean, is there an odds we get like five original houses? We'll see. Could be. I don't, I, you know, it, I know. I doubt well, it, but maybe. Uh, well, yeah, I tell you what, I, I, I don't know what the themes are, but I've heard some really interesting rumors as to what they are. And if they come true, then we're going to have some really good, fantastic original houses again. So very exciting. Awesome. All right. Well, we will do it. Thank you so much, Chris. And again, you can find all that at scarezone.com. And the season is upon us, and we really appreciate it. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at SZ Podcast and on Instagram, SZ Podcast, and Facebook.com slash scarezone. We're always in the Halloween Horror Nights group chatting as well, so you can find that. We're not, not directly affiliated, but if you want to hang out, that's a great way to talk to us. I have a Facebook group, too, for people that support all my shows and everything we do. You can find that on our website and also. Uh, on my social media and I think that's going to do it Chris anything else nope that's everything alright brother thank you so much and as always keep your eyes closed your ears open and we'll see you at Finnegan's